0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the spin-off podcast from Loose Units where Dad and I sort of try and keep you company over the uh, over this stupid goddamn lockdown bullshit. Anyway, it's been a weird week for everybody. And- Paul, Paul. Yeah, yeah. May I suggest that you don't
2: watch too much news? Is it getting bad? No, it's that's... No, you know, I'm just saying that I think we all need... We need to just kick back and have a news-free day occasionally, like maybe six days out of seven. Yeah, okay. Don't listen to any news.
1: Yeah, but then if six six days worth of apocalyptic news has happened and you get it all in one go, it'll blow your bloody head off. Dad, I have something real quick I want to do. I want to give a quick shout-out to Michelle Laurie who had us on both of her podcasts. And this week we we appeared on god we appeared on Australian True Crime and Nitty Gritty Committee. So we're on both of her shows talking about Electric Blue. So if you're a Michelle Laurie fan and you're a fan of her work, uh, you probably already heard this. But anyway, it's been really a very busy week for the Loose Units crew. Something odd happened before dad. I got a FaceTime from your mum from grandma and mm, that's th- odd. Is it? Ah, uh, yeah. She's- she she tries to do it to me all the time. Oh, we're having a great we had a great chat. We had a we had a grand old time. And then she kind of said, "Hey Paul, um I have something I want to run by you." Now, readers of Electric Blue and Loose Units will remember that I I repeatedly refer to Dad's appearance. And Grandma calls me up and says, Paul, I just thought you'd like to know that your father, John, doesn't have blue eyes. And I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah, he doesn't have blue eyes. You describe his blue eyes on multiple occasions. And dad, are you familiar with the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect? Yeah. So the Mandela effect is basically, it's this form of collective misremembering of basic things. And um, it first happened in 2010 when a lot of people on the internet apparently remembered that Nelson Mandela had died uh, in the 80s. Um, whereas in actuality, obviously he got out, but, um, and people started to kind of reverse engineer and insert memories for these things that didn't actually happen. For example, um, there was, (laughs) there's a whole bunch of people across the internet who think that there is a film called Shazam starring, um, Sinbad, the rapper from the nineties. It doesn't exist. It never Mm. happened. They've basically effectively... What, what I think I've done is I've mandeled myself into thinking you have blue eyes somehow. And then, you know, Tegan thought you had blue eyes. We both thought you had blue eyes. So in the book, I describe your eyes as blue. Um, grandma told me that when she married your dad, Hank, she was hoping because of his blue eyes that, um, you know, they would give birth to these lovely blue-eyed children. And every are, you saying time- that, are you saying that children without blue eyes are not lovely? yes I am no paul. what i'm saying what i'm saying is that is that she literally said to me every time one of you popped out she was like oh damn paul, paul, brown eyes again paul we didn't pop out uh look i think the velocity or the like the velocity with which you exited your mother is not the important thing. The important thing is she was really miffed, and then she kind of forgot about it for a while, and then you and mum started having kids, and lo and behold, it's because it's a recessive gene, all these beautiful blue eyes started popping Mm. out. I mean, they were in the heads of people. They didn't just start popping out independently. Mm. So it was a weird call, but I mean, yeah. So basically, if you've read Electric Blue and you notice that dad's eyes are being referred to as blue, I thought I should probably just... Just say that they are, in fact, a deep brown. Thanks for clearing that up. No problem. I have a really great question here from a a listener. I love great questions. Go for it. Okay, Okay, here's a question from Kevin Wright. Hi, Paul. A question for John. I grew up in the same era as you on the beaches. When I was working as an electrician, a colleague did some work in a funeral parlour, and he was chatting with a funeral director, and the conversation was about if they got an exceptionally tall person in and they didn't fit the coffin, what did they do? Now, I got this from the colleague, not from the director. He said they would shorten the legs by cutting them and slipping the cut section up the pants leg. I have often wondered if he was pulling my leg. Sorry about the pun. I think that is possibly true. <clears throat> However, I can't imagine anyone would actually admit to it. Um,
2: what would I do if I had a very, very tall person? Mm. Uh, or even imagine if we had to bury a giraffe, for example.
1: What? Sure.
2: Well, you know, you know I mean, that would be odd. I, I agree, but. Well, um, sure. Yeah. Um, but what would you do? I would probably. Um, are we talking about the giraffe or the person?
1: Ideally, the person,
2: just to mm. keep it on point. Yeah.
1: Look, I'd try and just get an oversized coffin. Right. Um, but they're not one size fits all, surely. I mean, last episode, you were speaking about um, having to bury an infant and there was a custom coffin. By that rationale, surely, you know. The coffin is me- made to measure, right? Okay,
2: yes, but you can always get custom-made coffins. Right. Um, and really, you could get... Um, I mean, the, look, it's a great question. The biggest person, tallest person ever was a guy called Robert Wadlow. He was around about nine and a half feet. Mm-hmm. So he he wouldn't fit in the back of a hearse. So you'd have to... Um, uh, golly, oh, shit, what would you do? It's fascinating, isn't it? But I think the idea of... Um, chopping bits off bodies, I think that's pretty, pretty full on, and I don't think that necessarily happens.
1: What if there's time pressure? What if it's like you've got to get him in and the wrong coffin's been ordered? Mm. Look, I'm just going to say that it's
2: feasible, but I mean, who on earth is going to do that job? And, and what are you going to use? You're not going to have all the, the tools of the trade, are you? And if it's mm. an emergency, you're not going to be able to call the mortician in, and you, I suppose you could go to the gardening shed, if there was a gardening shed, and take out a, a saw, uh-huh. and then, look, it's too terrible to think about, and then chop. I'm just trying to think about where you'd actually, probably between the knee and the ankle. Oh, okay. And and then you'd, and there wouldn't be a lot of blood, of course, which is a, a plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you say, but look, you know what, even if it was a viewing, no one gets to see the feet, do they?
1: Oh, yeah. Ever. Okay, okay. Yeah. So there's a plus. Wait, you don't see the whole body in a viewing? No, never. You just see the top top section from the waist upwards. So you could lose the whole bottom half and no one would notice.
2: Um, well, if the person had been run over by a train, for example, uh huh. Um, or imagine if they'd been run over by a train and then hit multiple times, um, but the top of the body was okay and the bottom was fairly mangled, you could still do a viewing effectively. If, if the top section was okay, and then you would just have everything else in a plastic bag, which would be at the bottom of the coffin concealed, so no right. one would be the wiser. Right. But but I used to go to uh, plenty of uh, accidents where there was no, nothing left of the person. Nothing. What do you mean? Well, remember that story about the, the family that pulled up on a Friday afternoon in the
1: city and the son got out to go to the bank? And his mum and dad and sister stayed in the car? And he turned around and the car was basically gone because what, what had fallen on the car at the The concrete block from a building site
2: okay. on a Friday afternoon. And and how did he know that that was the car that he'd just got out of? He looked at it and it was about the height of a number plate. Yep. So he looked at the number plate. Hmm. Now those people in that car were taken to the morgue in three black plastic bags and muggins here, me, I got the job of trying to identify them. And I was, they wheeled out these three plastic bags on a gurney and I peered into these three plastic bags
1: and would you like me to describe what it looked like? Uh, I'm going to leave that up to the listeners. Guys, would you like Dad to just... It's a resounding yes. They're nodding vigorously. Love it. Okay. If you got
2: a balloon and filled it
1: with minestrone soup, I knew I fucking knew you were going to go minestrone. It's got the right consistency. It's it got a red
2: hue. It's, it's got... got it's got all the ingredients. Well, okay, then, mm. and you might even be able to use a water
1: bottle. That that might even be a bit more realistic. This is starting to sound like a Blue Peter or an Art Attack kind of how to create a a body that's been ruined tutorial. But go on. In terms of the minestrone, I would always revert
2: to a can. Yeah, okay. for lots of reasons. Yeah, uh, it's easy to decant the uh, the liquid into a. Uh, I mean, it, let's let's be honest. If you do look at a can of minestrone soup, it kind of does re- resemble vomit, really. But it smells and tastes better. I'm still not entirely um, sure what you're talking about, but please. No, no, no. So you decant the um, the soup into um, either a water bottle or a balloon. You then somehow or other gain access to a very tall building in the city. You then go to the very top. Now, of course, it's difficult to do what I'm telling you to do. But then you drop that said container off the building. Mm-hmm. And you make sure there's no one around because you don't hit anyone. Yeah. And you, you watch it explode on the pavement below. You then run downstairs and uh, you, you scoop it all up into a plastic bag. And that's basically what I had times three. So you had three cans worth of soup. Massive, massive containers. And I had to go through these three sets of plastic bags and I had to actually, with gloves on of course, I had to try and locate the hands or or bits of print that I could use. Did you? Yeah, 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 succeeded and then we went to their house uh, because none of them were known on, on the record. So you couldn't compare them with fingerprints at the fingerprint bureau, which are called there.
1: How did you find? How did you find hands in that?
2: Well, you know, you found everything. I mean, everything's still there. But you said it was all smushed up. Yeah, but you look for. Um, you only need a little bit of skin,
1: right? And uh, epidermis, it's called. Why would they be okay? So, just to be clear, the license plate tells you where they live, right? Yeah. You can yeah. use it, and then you need to find some latent print in amongst the soup, hmm. and then you take that and you and fingerprint you, things in their house. Well what you do is you you get this the skin, you dry it out
2: and you 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 examine it and you you, you can ink it once it's dry and you can take some prints mm. of the of the of the remnants of the fingers. Uh huh. And then you go to their house. And for example with the mum and dad, can you and the listeners think where you might start to look for fingerprints that they'd left, that they because you know they live at that particular address, mm. you then can dust personal effects of theirs, and then you take photographs of those, go back to the lab, and you do a comparison between the actual, you know, skin you found in the bag. In that squashed it was a Honda Civic, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, I don't think it would have mattered what it was. I think it was destined to to end up badly on that Friday after, even if you were in a titanium tank. With torsion bars and all sorts of things, that it would have been, it would have even made it more difficult for the rescuer. Not saying they were rescued, but for the emergency service personnel to extricate the three remnants out of that car, it would have even been more difficult. I had it have been a, a, a sort of stronger construction, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and then, so you dusted things like hairbrushes, glasses. Uh, uh, towel rails or a classic yeah uh, things that you just touch think about listeners close your eyes uh, hopefully you're not driving and um just imagine the things that you touch in your house and then imagine like something a, terrible it. happens to you and then the police come in and they're going to look around that's where you sort of get into the into the vibe into the into that sort of weird space even though it's not your house you kind of start to think okay because let, let's face it humans do have certain traits and characteristics that are universal uh you know everyone generally goes to the toilet uh i mean some people don't some people shit on the floor but what um, what, what but i'm just saying so <laughs> what about when you open up a sliding mirror uh, on a On a wardrobe or in the bathroom you've got yeah the, okay, so you, you can touch you touch. You touch
1: you touch lots of stuff, okay, so yeah. you're wandering around a p- person's house and you know they're dead and you and they're in plastic bags at this point you've mm. fished out some fingers or yep. whatever yep. so once you 've actually compared and contrasted and gone all right it's the same person what then well i well, what I do I take
2: fingerprints they 're called latent prints at the scene of the house we believe is theirs. Look, it's all very well assuming that that's, but what if it wasn't them in the car? Yeah. What happens if the sun Yeah. Had diabolically concocted some incredible nefarious crime, something just so mind blowing.
1: What if and you imagine? What, what if you kill them, put them in the car, orchestrate the thing falling, and then the bodies are so destroyed that there's no way to ascertain if they were killed before? Okay, but now that's a good point, Paul. That's where toxicology comes in. But even kind of take it
2: one step further. Imagine if it wasn't his mom and dad and sister.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads
1: and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.
2: Imagine if he'd killed them, and then he'd got three more people, and just got them to—he got just got a lift into the city. Wait, so he killed six people? Yeah, he's now killed six. He's a mass murderer.
1: So, what crushed the car in this case?
2: Oh, well, was it plate
1: glass? Was it was it concrete? No, no,
2: concrete. Concrete. Yeah, a slab, and it weighed—I would um, estimate—let me think about this—between ten and twenty ton, and it fell perfectly.
1: It was so, it was amazing. So you've got, okay, so you've got three garbage bags full of body parts. Mm. Um, they've been pulverized. Whose job is it to extricate Ah, that- yes, great question. Mm. In that particular
2: occasion, back in the day, it was police rescue. So they they had a real task. The first thing they need to do, it happened on a Friday afternoon in a major street in the city where there would have been thousands of people walking around, uh, peak hour. They have to cordon the whole thing off. Think about the poor crane driver.
1: I mean, imagine how he feels. So the, the crane driver—you mean the cra- whose crane who's, has who's, the concrete? Right? Yeah, he's 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 lifting the concrete, mm-hmm. so
2: it, it snaps. He would have felt everything go really slack. Yep. And uh, and he may or may not have been able to see. Quite often, the crane driver can't see there. That's why they have the dogman with the whistles down mm-hmm. below. And you know, they may have been taking it off a, off a massive lorry. I mean, we all see it all the time in the city. I mean, don't, who doesn't drive underneath these things? I always am driving around these things thinking, shit, imagine. Yeah. I mean, someone wins the lottery, don't they? Not that often. But the reverse of winning the lottery would be to have a big slab of concrete fall on your car. The odds are... Probably like, similar.
1: Probably similar, yeah. Okay. Mm,
2: and I know what I'd prefer. Well, oh yes, but I'm saying course. that from a living perspective. Because if, if I was dead, I, I couldn't give a rat's ass. Sure, okay. So Next. the police rescue—they would do their very best not to mix up the uh, the different, uh,
1: you know. How do you mixtures? keep those? How do you keep the soup, for lack of a better term? How do you keep that stuff distinct from the other soups? Imagine if they used a ladle. Did they? I don't know. It wasn't a- there. Right, that's but I'm not, saying, that's... how do they get it out? Do they like siphon it out with a hose? Like, yeah, what they, they, doing? they
2: like with petrol. You, you, they stick a tube into it and they suck yeah. it until it starts. No, they don't do that
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. because you,
2: because you know when they, when you do that with petrol, you invariably get the first mouthful in your in your mouth.
1: Yeah, and then you got a mouthful of granddad. Okay, so the police then, rescue. Sorry. You, so, what, are you trying to say that you you actually and this is fine. You just you don't know the specifics of how they get the bodies. No, I'm out. assuming. No, because I was never
2: involved in. Well, I was
1: when I became a firefighter. I did a bit of rescue. Well, but you fortunately, get to finish, yeah.
2: Fortunately, I didn't have to do that. But so, what I was presented with um, was a call to go to the morgue and to identify three people. I actually didn't know anything about them. For all I knew, they could have been whole people, yeah, as in complete. Uh, and they just happened to wheel out the three bags. But another thing that was very interesting, um, and I don't know whether I've mentioned this, but they used to have this particular three-stepped uh, mobile, like a small set of like they looked like library stairs on mm-hmm. wheels, mm-hmm. and you could lock the wheels, so you'd you'd move this, and it was specifically designed. It was slightly ad hoc. I think it had been built by maybe a maybe a first or second year apprentice carpenter because it wasn't sort of perfect. But it was you'd set it up at the Foot of the gurney, so you'd have all the the remains. Um, this was only ever used when bodies were in multiple parts. For example, if they'd been run over by a train. Yeah. Because sometimes when you get run over by a train, you, you if you're very unlucky, as if being run over by a trains not bad, but sometimes, oh god, that reminds me of that terrible story. I'm not sure whether I told it to you. On at a live show, but remember that one where the poor, um, god, there were these young people and they were crossing the track and the and that they changed the direction of the train, you know, the track they use that thing and it moves the tracks, yeah, and it's done automatically. And one of the poor kids, he was a bit behind, they I don't mean as in mentally behind, he was actually behind them, yeah, (laughs) and he had long pants on, and they're all walking across the track and at that moment in time he happened to be standing and they moved the track and it caught his, caught his pants and then before they knew it his other friends kept walking, they'd been drinking a little bit and then they heard the train coming and they looked behind and his friend, their friend, had his jeans caught in that section of track that had closed on his on his pants i mean you think to yourself you know couldn't he have oh god imagine anyway the train hit him oh god So yeah and it just completely just shredded him into you know numerous body parts and the problem is for the poor fireys mainly the fireys and occasionally police rescue is that um i know for a fact because my brother mark who uh, was a Professional firefighter. He worked yeah. at Barara, which is a really heavy rescue station. They get a lot of train and high speed accidents on the mo- on the freeway, and they, don't, they, they one of their jobs was to pick up body parts. And the body parts could be strewn for for many 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 meters as long as it took the poor train to stop, assuming that the poor train did stop. Not not that the train is poor, but the poor driver. Um, so. Um, back to the uh, the stairs at the uh, the morgue. The stairs were specifically designed because back in the eighties we had very very heavy cameras, and you would you'd crawl or not crawl, you'd climb to the top of this little platform, and it had a uh, a little ledge. And Hang had, on, is no, this,
1: is this where the guy fell in? Yeah, yeah, okay. So and then the guy fell in with camera and everything.
2: <sighs> Just
1: bad. Fridays have gotten a whole lot more stressful since we started telling these stories, Dad. <clears throat> yeah, but it's a good yarn, isn't it? It's a good story. <clears throat> I'm never eating minestrone soup again, although uh, Jamie Oliver has a very good spring minestrone recipe, which I might... Is it weird that I feel like minestrone soup now? Yes, that's weird. Yeah, okay. But,
2: but look, we, we, um, we succeeded in uh, identifying the three occupants, the mother, the father, the daughter, mm. Um from their personal effects, dusted off their personal items in their private home, and yeah. that was good enough for the coroner. Okay. So that was a good, that was a good
1: result. Well, you know, mission accomplished. Nice right. work. Yep. Um, Dad, <laughs> uh, I was thinking about what we could do on next week's episode. We've been having a really, really great run lately. We've done some really, really intense, intense stories. And I know that a couple of weeks ago we were talking about crematoriums, and people keep wanting to hear about stories... Involving major, major funeral fuck-ups. and you teased a story to me about a crematorium. So, I think what we should do on Monday is really dive into this and really deal Brilliant. with this stuff. But listen, Dad, we, we keep burying the lead. Holy shit! It's Father's Day this weekend. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah. Did you and, give me
2: anything for Father's Day?
1: Well, uh, I was thinking maybe as a present, I could write a book about you. Oh, lovely. Thanks. No, mate. I I did. I got you something, but because of Australia Post. You know, basically being mm. under siege right now. I haven't. Yeah. hasn't arrived yet. All right. Well,
2: it's the thought that counts, and uh, don't tell me what it is because I love surprises.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know how many. People out there are looking forward to Father's Day or have any plans, but we thought we would just really happy Father's Day. you Love it. So, yeah, happy Father's Day um, to you and your dads and all the dads. And dad, 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 do you have anything you want to say to our listeners for Father's Day, dad?
2: I would like to say that um, whether you have a dad or most people, I guess, have a dad, there are some circumstances where, um, I mean, at this stage in, in life, I guess we still need, you know, Sperm? Do we need sperm? I think what? we still need it what to, you... to, to make babies.
1: Yes, but what are, where are you going with this? No,
2: I'm just saying that not everyone has a dad. Mm. So, some people...
1: <laughs> I don't know what I'm one. trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you, Dad, you know, sometimes it's okay to go, no, I'm good, I don't have anything to say.
2: Oh, my... <laughs> shit, sorry. I mean, look, look, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm saying. But well, look, I know... just... I My... my my feelings and mm-hmm. heartfelt um, feelings. Fe- <laughs> <laughs> My heartfelt felt feelings go out to all the fathers. And, fathers, and but it, yeah. you know what? To be a dad, that's that's cool. But to not be a dad's cool.
1: Yep, that's no, right. seriously,
2: I want to say that it's mm. it's so cool not to have kids,
1: Dad. You know what? During lockdown time, there's a lot of people just nodding angrily as they hide in their toilets, trying to get a moment's goddamn peace as they mm. swipe through their phones. Mm. But yeah. people do come up to me and say, and, and certain
2: certain relatives that shall remain nameless come up to me and say, oh, but don't you want to be a, a grandfather? And I go, mm. well, it's none of my business. But this is a whole different topic. It is. But, but I'm a very firm believer in, in in people doing whatever they want to do uh, as long as it's semi-legal and, and being happy and content. And I am the last person in the world to... Uh, I just think Father's Day is an occasion, but hey, let's have a day for um for not sins. dads, for yeah. <laughs> anyway, look, I'm I'm yeah, I'm 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 and I'm grateful that you know I've got three great kids, who are, yeah, really really amazing. But Thank I don't you. like to uh, ever make people feel as though they're missing out on anything mm. or inadequate in any way, because yeah. cause we're all we're all in this boat together. Well. Happy Father's Day, everyone, and happy Father's Day to you, Dad. All right, mate. Love you very much, and, uh, and we'll see you uh, and the listeners uh, Tuesday morning. See you Tuesday morning, everyone. Bye. Bye.
0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip?